Welcome to the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency, helping you do more and be better. And now here's your host, Zachary Sexton. Thank you for tuning in. We've got another solo episode. I don't know what's going on. Maybe nobody wants to talk productivity with me anymore, but uh, just know if you're a first-time listener, we often interview experts. I actually just got off a call with an expert in neuroscience. We had a really interesting, in-depth conversation about brainwaves, which is fun, so stay tuned for that. That'll be coming up next week. But in this episode, I want to talk to you about something that is a particular passion of mine. And it took me a while. I actually had some conversations recently to understand why I find this subject so interesting. It doesn't make much sense. I tend to not pay attention to detail. I tend to not like to follow orders and rules and checklists unless I really see the value of how they help me out. And I'm only beginning to understand why this topic is so interesting to me. And I want to explain that and explain how it can benefit you, especially if you are a small business owner or thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or freelancer or careerpreneur even. The the times are changing a little bit. The idea of that you, you're going to work from for one company for a very long time, it's different. I think there's going to be a lot more contractors out in the future. And as a self-employed person, who has skills and values, it makes sense as an individual why you would want to be able to take more action on your goals or be more focused on your work or be able to plan and organize and review in order to make sure that you're doing the right thing most of the time or prioritize to get that 80-20 to make sure you're doing the most important thing first. However, there's an inherent limitation to trying to boost your willpower or trying to create the strongest habits that you can or trying to squeeze as much as you can in the day. And that's time, time to create, time to produce, time to make money, time to spend with your family. We're all limited by this time. The thing that's most scarce is time. There's, there's so many other resources that people seem to forget and value over time, but but 60 minutes an hour, 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week, 365 days a year. Average lifespan might be in the 80s. Hopefully it kicks up a couple of years. That would be nice by the time we all get there. And we're not machines. We need breaks. We've got outside interests. So we can't always be highly productive, efficient machines, even though it seems like some people can do that for quite some time. There's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So this tool that I'm going to be talking about is how you go together, how you work on teams, even if they're distributed teams, they don't have to be in the same place. Even if you're only working with a person for a couple hours a week, you can go further together by leveraging other people's time and other people's strengths to take advantage of your time and strengths because you get to focus where you are best able to serve. And this idea is about a system. It's systems that produce results. And this system that I'm going to talk about is not always the sexiest. It's not Zapier or uh, any sort of automation. It's black and white, ink on paper, digital paper included, documentation. I don't feel like it's much different than journaling, or the personal manifesto, episode 65, where we talked about 
vision of the future, your ultimate mission, your identity, your reasons why, and your values. Or episode 66, where we talk about our core values, or we actually did even get directly into the topic on Productivity Show number 28 with Sam Carpenter, where he talks about his ideas from his book called Work the System, Simple Mechanics of Making More and Working Less. And hey, who doesn't want to make more and work less? And leisure is not always the goal, but if you have outside interests that you would like to explore that are different than making money, then this is a type of system that you will be interested in starting for yourself. All right, so the the inherent limitation, the problem is that you've got limited time. And the solution is to create written documentation in order to have other people take more action on your goals for you and not make any mistakes while they're doing it because they could just follow along step by step. There's two things that are going to be the 80-20 system that you can write. The first one is your procedure for procedures where you tell exactly how your staff, how you'd like your procedures to be written. The second one is your decision-making guidelines. So if you don't have a procedure for a particular task, they'll still know how to handle that curveball. Here's the strategy. First, you got to decide where your documentation is going to live. There are a number of places where you can do this. It could be even just a Word documentation on your hard drive. However, I'd suggest using a cloud-based service. If you're just getting a start out, Evernote or Google Drive will do just fine. I talk about the three tools that I I think are the most important. One of them we use is Confluence, areas you can start uh, with your with your business, with documentation, there's a lot of options out there, but we go over some of the pros and cons of those three popular tools in the training. The second thing you need to do is create a template for your documentation, for your procedure, or your SOP is a common term, standard operating procedure. So you've got a template. The template that Asian efficiency uses is trooper. <laughs> so we always start with a table. And then uh, the W stands for the when and the what. So what the documentation is and the when. Sometimes they even throw the why in there just as added bonus. And then uh, the procedure. So that's the P, T-W-P, uh, which is the step-by-step system, how it's exactly laid out. So just one, two, three, four. If there's any videos, we'll include videos. If there's any... Uh, images will include images. We'll make sure to annotate the images, make everything easy and scannable. And then we end with the result. So know um, what you're getting from this procedure so you know exactly what you should be getting out of it out of it if you've never done it before. So you create that template and then explain how to use the template using that same template. <laughs> so you say, on this documentation, we are going to show you how to make standard operating procedures, and the way we do that is this, and this is why we do it, and this is how we do it. So we, you grab the template, you name it, you you write what the documentation is teaching, write why the procedure is here in the first place, and it's meaning, write how to complete the task, you know, state in simple terms, and I'm just reading through uh, our exact SOP for SOP, standard operating procedure right now. So that is how you do it, and the importance of creating this procedure for procedures or SOP for SOP or documentation 
for documentation is it'll allow other people on your team to start creating this documentation for you. So especially if you're a small business owner, you want to get the ball rolling yourself, create a few documentations, create the templates, decide where it's going to be, create a directory for where the documentations can be easily found, hyperlink that deck directory so it's really easy to use. If you're going to if you've got a brick and mortar or some place where you need to print it out, go ahead and print it out. But it's really important you start with that. That way, all of your procedures are going to look the same. Even you are going to use this procedure for procedures in order that your directions all look very similar, all are aligned, all can be basically scanned through, and you know exactly what to expect from each of them. The second piece of documentation is your gray area decision-making guides or your decision-making guidelines. So DMG, if you want to call it that. I don't think that's as common of an acronym, but you can call it your DMG. This is for the situations where you don't have processes in your business. So, you know, somebody calls up and makes a unique request. Don't necessarily have a document for that. So you want to have it covered so people know basically how you would react in this, in this situation. A way of creating some decision-making guidelines is to look at a list of potential values that you have. So loyalty, teamwork, flexibility, training. Maybe this is something that's really important for your particular industry. Maybe in your industry, creativity is important. Maybe in your industry, not making any mistakes is super important or honesty or integrity. Self-development might be important for your industry and Hey, at Asian Efficiency, self-development is, is one of our, our core areas. We've always got a glow green. If you listen to our one of our four core values is that, and that means continuing to improve ourselves as human beings, either through seminars or trainings or physical exercise, meditation, whatever it is. But self-development is a big part of our organization, and it's not true for everybody else. Profit, focus, results, simplicity, systems. I'll make sure... This list gets on the show notes, but start to think about them. Start to look at these particular values that you could have in your organization and decide the top 10, maybe 15 that are most important for you and develop them in your own unique way, using your own unique language and make them memorable using your own unique words. Uh, Here are a few examples that we have at Asian Efficiency for our decision-making guidelines. Always represent the brand in the best possible light. You can see how this saves a lot of potential procedures. We could say, all right, on Twitter, you can say this, but you can't say this. Or at a seminar, you could, um, uh, you're could you able to introduce yourself this way, but don't probably don't talk about this. No, it's just are we representing Asian Efficiency in the best way possible? All right, then, then you're doing all right. Another example is we expect the team members to be fiscally responsible, sensible, use our best judgment. If it takes $100 or less to get something fixed, pay for it ourselves, and then we'll get reimbursed for the expenses. So just the other day, I was getting a, a little um, microphone so I could make a video with my iPhone and the sound would sound a little bit better. And that microphone was $15. So I just got on Amazon and ordered it. Didn't even bother asking anybody else on the team. You know, didn't go to our finance person and say, hey, can I expense this? Or 
because, hey, I, I knew it was important. I knew it was going to be creating value. And that way I was able to keep producing and keep moving on with the project. And I didn't have to interrupt anybody else. Another good decision-making criteria that you might want to think about adopting is mistakes and how you handle them. A good one I found online was to not think of mistakes as a weakness of the person, but think of the mistakes that you have that will inevitably happen in your business as mistakes of the system. So you're Decision-making guideline would be to first put out the fire, make sure the emergency is treated, you know, whether it's an upset customer or a missed deadline, then immediately fix the system weakness that caused the emergency in the first place and do that either through documentation or a new procedure or a new, a new system for creating that result because systems create results. The way we say that at Asian Efficiency is, is our three times rule. If something, a mistake happens more than three times, more than two times rather, um, it's a systematic mistake and we need to find a systematic solution. So when we missed a particular email invite in the dojo, we're supposed to send out an email invite a week ahead of time, but well, we missed it. Like, okay, what happened? Well, how do we fix this? And we, we created a system where a reminder would automatically come up so we'd, we would never miss that, uh, that email again. And if we found ways to automate it, we would just automate it. So here is how you can implement. So once you have these two fundamental pieces of documentation down, you're now ready to start looking throughout your business and finding other things that you can delegate by writing down all of the steps that it takes to create the result that you're looking for. And now you're ready to have other people on your team start building these systems for you. So the takeaway, and the reason why I think this is helpful, and I hope this episode was helpful to you, is to prevent you from writing a system for every single situation, allow your team to build strong systems for you, and to dramatically increase the likelihood that people will actually use your documentation because if they're part of building it, they're going to feel a little bit more in tuned and aligned with that. And if they know they can update the procedures, even better. So I want to read a quick review uh, that, that we got on iTunes. And it's, it says, uh, it's from Fit No Work. <laughs> it says, I feel like a lot of the productivity slash self-improvement genre is dedicated to only interviewing big-time productivity celebrities, people with new books coming out, or purely d- dwelling on motivational slash inspirational stratosphere. The productivity show, though, has some of the most useful, practical, actionable content that is out there. That's to say, it's a try or shorthand, it's just that They consistently deliver something that will actually make a difference when you do it today, both in how you feel and what you do, because those two are intrinsically related. Some of my favorite episodes are where Mike, Zach, and Tanner compare notes on email, clients, calendars, and et cetera, and tell us what exactly that we do every day to do more and be better. The ground level nature of here's what we do, here's how we do it, and why has been useful in more ways than I can count. And that's what I, I very much tried to do on this episode. This is, 
this is Asian efficiency. We're a systems mindset, and this is this is who we are. This is how we do it, and uh, and and this is a good way to start implementing it. So if you're interested in learning more about this topic, please continue to listen to the show. We will dive into it every once in a while because really you are limited with time. And if you could if you could delegate and outsource effectively, and the best way to do it is through clear, precise communication. And if that communication is systematic, it makes it just easier for everybody else to get on board, then you are going to have a productive, efficient life. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Productive Monday with an interview As promised, we've got a short episode today, so we can have a long episode next week with neuroscience PhD, Dr. Andrew Hill. And we talk a great deal about meditation and mindfulness, how those can can actually change the way your brain is formed so you can can produce in areas where you've currently been struggling. And we, we dive deeply on the idea of neurofeedback and how you can train your mind. And it's not just all about how you were born. You know, that's it's a bit of nature, a bit of nurture, but if you actually focus your attention in certain areas, you can reform your brain. So I'm really excited to bring that to you guys and we'll see you next week. Take care. Goodbye.